Hi, this is Elisa Wynn. I'm on the team here at Second Students West, and I wanted to welcome you to our podcast today. If you want to follow along with what our ministry is doing, check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Second Students West. I hope what you hear today pushes, stretches, and inspires you in your walk. Enjoy the podcast. All right, what's up, guys? My name is Evan, and uh, I'm just going to read real quick. We're doing Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19, if you want to turn there in your Bibles real quick. I'm not the one that's teaching today, so don't. All right, I'm going to start in verse 10. Now, there there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to go bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how, he, how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. That's all. Thanks, bro. All right, let's pray real quick. Gracious, loving Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity just to, to be able to read your word. I pray that this morning we would just focus on you. And right now where you're seated, if you haven't prayed in a while, would you pray and ask God to teach you something? And now would you pray for me that I would be helpful to you? Well, Father, we love you. Use this time. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, was that not awesome? That was so cool. I'm so sorry to this section right here. Praying for y'all. Okay, so uh, a few years ago, I had the amazing opportunity to go to Uganda, Africa. And I was an intern this summer at this church, and I got to go with a group of about 20 youth students to Uganda. And it was an amazing experience. We got to really see God move in in an amazing way. And on one of the days that we were there, my boss comes up to me in the morning and says, Hey, you're going to take 20 students to an African safari. And I was like, what? Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to stay here and help the mission team that's in Uganda and you're going to take the students to a safari. So I'm like, okay, awesome. So we get in like this 90s slash 80s van kind of bus thing. It's this weird vehicle. And we, that's what we've been riding in this whole entire week. So we get in there for about, like, it took about four and a half hours to drive to this safari. And we get to the gate of the safari. And I thought that we were going to get out of this van slash bus looking thing and into like a jeep 
or a truck to like be more protected from the elements and be more protected from, you know, the animals. But no, we just went straight into this safari in this really janky van. And I don't know how we made it out of there. It was an awesome experience. But the guide came onto the van with us. And we were like looking at the, all the animals through the windows. Like, oh, a giraffe or a zebra or, oh, that's a wildebeest. It's just an amazing experience. And then we get to this pond. And our guide says, all right, everyone can get out of the bus slash van thing and stand right next to this pond. It was like this circle of life moment, y'all. Like, all these animals came and started, like, drinking the water. And I was like, the circle. You know, like, it was this amazing moment. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm so glad I took this opportunity. Like, zebras and monkeys. And it was like, oh, Simba and all these people, people, animals, we're coming to uh, the pond, and we're just standing there like, man, this is so cool. And all of a sudden, I look in the middle of the pond, and I'm like, I look at the guide. I look at the, I'm like, what is that? And he goes, that's a hippo. And I'm like, y'all, like, he was like maybe 10 yards away from us. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in charge. Everyone on the bus right now. And for some of you, you might be like, that's an overreaction. And then I would say, you're wrong. And the guy did the same exact thing. He was like, everyone on the bus right now. For those of you who don't know, hippos are the most dangerous animal for a human being to be around. They have killed more people than any other animal in the animal kingdom. And here I am standing next to this pond with, in charge of all these kids. And what kind of leader would I have been to be like, Hey, Timmy, go jump on that hippo and ride it like a horse. A bad one. I would have been a bad leader. You would have been like, you're fired, you know? And you might be sitting there wondering, okay, why do I start here? Why do I start with a story about a hippo? Well, we just read an amazing Bible story about this man named Ananias. And Ananias was a Christian, and he lived in Damascus. And if you were to see within Acts chapter 9, verse 1, it says that there's this man named Saul, and he was seeking destruction on Christianity. He would be considered a terrorist of his time. He was breathing threats and murder against Christians. Okay? And here Ananias is, and God comes to Ananias and goes, hey, you know, that, you know that guy named Saul? I want you to go in, into the same room with him. I'm telling you exactly where he is, and you need to go and lay hands on him and, like, heal him. And Ananias is like, God, do you not know who this guy is? This guy, is, has, have you not heard of the many evil things about this man? And so God's like, but he's going to be an instrument. This guy named Saul is going to be an instrument to spread the gospel of Jesus through the nations. And so what's amazing to me, and the reason why I'm starting here, is because here lately we've just started a new series called Trust the Process. And Ananias didn't just wake up one day with this amount of faith. I believe that he had a relationship with the one and only God, and he believed in Jesus, and he believed that Jesus was enough. And so how did he go from 
saying yes to Jesus, to, to trusting God to go into the same room with a terrorist that had legal right to arrest him and kill him. This guy named Saul was that dangerous. It would have been like me saying, hey, go jump on that hippo. It's the exact same. It's just as dangerous. And so my question to you right now is how did he get to this point? In, in the process of his life, how did he get to a point where he would trust God with his life? Not just talking, yeah, I give my life to the Lord, but no, I'm literally trusting that God is going to preserve me. He's going to keep me alive when I'm around this man. And so, I really want to look into Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. And G th this is about Jesus, and I believe Ananias would understand this. So, these Pharisees come up to Jesus and ask him, what are the greatest commandments? And Jesus says, the greatest commandments are, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he says, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So whenever I was growing up as a little, little baby, I was brought home from the hospital, my my parents decided to record me as this teeny little goofball. I'm just bigger now, but I was just this teeny little goofball. And I was just days old when they decided to record me on like a VCR tape. Y'all know what those are? It's like a DVD. No? Yes? Y'all know what a DVD is? If you don't, we're praying for you. You meet me up front. Anyways, um, but like recorded this and you have to put the... Anyways, y'all get it. So we are watching this tape, I'm just this little baby. And I remember hearing my parents say to me, like, whenever I was this little baby, I just got home, we love you so much, Tyler. We are so happy you are in the world now. We love you so much. And then, you know one thing I did not do in that moment? I didn't go, I love you too, you know, like, we'd be millionaires. I didn't say that. I was 100% dependent on my parents for survival. They had to feed me, clothe me, bathe me, take care of me. I would not be here if it wasn't for my parents keeping me alive as this little baby. And why do I talk to you about whenever I was a little kid? It's because that's exactly how the love of God is. He says, I love you first. Because love embraced becomes love extended. You cannot tell someone that you love them if you have no love. You cannot buy someone a sandwich if you have no money. Make sense? So, what was amazing was growing up, I got to see how my parents loved me. I got to see them come to my games. I got to see them uh, lift me up whenever I was getting bullied. My parents were there for me. And here's the thing. There may be some of you in here that don't have parents like that. But I'm here to tell you today that you have a God that loves you so much that he would give his one and only son for you to have a relationship with you. And so the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Also growing up, my dad used to ask me, Tyler, what are the 
two greatest commandments. And I would say, love God, love neighbor. Boom, got it, right? He's like, oh, you're missing something. You're missing something. You're missing the last two words. Love God and love neighbor as yourself. Everybody, all eyes on me. I need you to hear this. It does not take a smart person to see this broken world and to see the amounts of stress, anxiety, depression just grow rampant throughout this country. And it doesn't take a really smart person that, to understand that you and maybe some of your friends struggle with that. And here's the thing. See the order? Love God and love neighbor as yourself. Think about it. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see someone that God would die for? Do you see someone that God loves so much? Because if you don't see that, you're seeing a lie. And it's the truth. So understanding that God loves you, and now you can love him and love others. It's an amazing thing. But it's impossible to love God, and it's impossible to love your neighbors if you don't love yourself. Is that interesting? To love God. So maybe you're sitting there thinking, okay, what next? I get it, you know? God loves me, I love him back, greatest two commandments. All right, cool, Tyler, I get it. I get it, what's next? Well, like I said earlier, love embraced becomes love extended. You need to understand that God loves you so much that you can extend that love to others. And we get to see within Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Great Commission. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. This was one of the last things that Jesus told his disciples to do before he ascended to heaven. He's like, you just witnessed something amazing. You just witnessed me, Jesus, die on the cross for your sins and then raise three days later. Now go tell people about the amazing love that only he offers. And I believe Ananias understands this. He understands whenever he steps into the room with this man named Saul that that he can trust God. Even if the worst happens, he can trust God with the outcome. What does that look like for us? Well, you see right here within this verse, it's like God is calling us. This is our calling. As a Christian, if you have accepted Jesus, this is our calling. To be witnesses. Tell people about Jesus in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the end of the earth. Jerusalem is where you're at. Your school. The people that you're around. Your family. Katy, Texas. And then, you see... In Judea, neighboring cities like downtown Houston and Samaria, like Dallas and to the end of the earth. Wherever you go, you can bring the good news of Jesus. And it's amazing. But here's the thing. You cannot be a source of life unless you have a source of life. Because love embraced becomes love extended. You can't Give something that you don't have, a source of life in Jesus. Think about it. If you were going scuba diving, right, and 
um, let's say that you had no oxygen in your tank, but your friend was like really far underwater and they run out of oxygen. You can't jump in and save them. Why? Because you have no oxygen. You have no source of life. But you would be able to do that if you had a source of life. And that's the good news of Jesus. Trust the process, y'all. Understand that once you get Jesus, once you understand this relationship, it affects everything else. You can step into any situation, no matter what God is calling you into. I don't know what God is calling you into, but he's calling you. He's either calling you to follow him or to take the next step and expand the kingdom of God by telling people about his son, Jesus. Do you know who Ananias went and saw that day? It was this man named Saul. Yes, he was a terrorist. He was terrorizing Christians. But Saul would become Paul. And Paul wrote over half of the New Testament. Could you imagine what would have happened if Ananias ran from this? If he would have been like, no, I'm not stepping into the same room with this man. Deuces, I'm out. Then Saul would have just been in this room by himself blind. I believe God would have healed him. But think about this. This man named Paul is or might be the most famous missionary of all time. In the Bible that we're reading out of today, he wrote over half of the New Testament. What is God calling you into? It may look scary. What can you give trust over to him? Your life? You should. It'll be the best decision that you ever make. Because he loves you. And if you've never accepted Jesus and the type of love that only he has, come and talk to one of the staff. Talk to your small group leader. And today could be the best day of your life because you understand that you have a God that loves you and now you get to walk with him. And what can we take away from this if we are Christian? Understand that God loves you. And the greatest commandment is to love God and love neighbor as yourself. Because the love that you embrace, you'll extend it to other people.